Welcome back to The Brandon White Show, where we have conversations worth listening to give you an edge to win in your business and your life. I'm your host, Brandon White. Here we go. Welcome back to The Edge Podcast, giving you the edge to win in business and in life. Here's your host, Brandon White. Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking about TV advertising. And we're asking the question, does it work in today's day and age? And the reason that this came up is because last week I was talking with a friend and he had indicated that their company decided to do TV advertising. And there's been a ton of debate internally in their marketing department if it's actually working. And one of the things that is really hard with TV advertising is tracking. Now, if you have a phone number on that ad or you have a website or some TV ads are now putting QR codes, then you could match time of day with traffic, whether that's traffic to your website or traffic to a phone call or phone number and figure out that you're having a response. A lot of direct marketers who run either these 30-minute info ads or longer ad types can track that sort of stuff and they can track it by the minute. But this is a traditional TV ad. And the question is, does it work? So I actually pulled up some research from academic journals to dive into this a little bit and figure out what is happening with TV ads. And I found we're going to go over two research articles and I'll put the links to them in the show notes and description. So if you're interested, you can dig these up and read them. They're relatively long and I'm going to summarize them for you, but you can certainly dig into them and get all of the data and see exactly what they say. The first one I'm pulling up is from Marketing Science Journal and it's called How Viewer Tuning, Presence, and Attention Respond to Ad Content and Predict Brand Search Lift. And the interesting thing that I found with this is that in this study, they actually put sensors in subjects' houses, and they had over a thousand homes that they were monitoring. So in traditional TV advertising, if you're not familiar, they actually survey people, and that's how they figure out who's viewing what. What these researchers did is actually put equipment in the room to figure out and coordinate with what channel and what ads people were viewing and then sensors that could tell if someone was in the room or not. And what they found was interesting. So it says, in our sample, viewers were absent from the room 30% of the times that ads play. So basically, whatever the number is, you can figure out that you're only reaching 70% of that maximum because people are actually leaving the room. And during prime time, viewers are more likely to tune away. So they actually, what is called TV zapping, and I'm sure you do that, or you either zap when a commercial comes on and switch to another channel, or you zap the commercial by fast forwarding because you taped it. So it's called TV zapping. And during prime time, viewers are actually more likely to tune away from an ad and switch to something else. So relative to other day parts, and they basically broke it down and they could tell. One of the things 
that they dug into was what type of ad viewers will zap as opposed to other ones. And what they said was, was that viewer tuning and presence fall less during recreational product ads. When we talk about prescription drug ads and things that go into deep detail, I'm sure you hear these where they talk about the drug and how it can treat something. And then they go into 35 seconds of, because of the disclaimer of how it might harm you. Well, it's not rocket science that during those types of ad ads where there's severe and prevalent conditions that are explained that attention decreases across the first three ad slots in general, that attention decreases completely and people zap that. Interesting enough, also in the ad blocks, sometimes you'll see during a football game, they'll put a 30-second add-on or a 15-second add-on. When they do blocks of ads, they find that attention decreases across the first three ad slots in an in a break and falls with ad duration. So basically, if you are going to do TV advertising, you don't want to be in a block because it is falling exponentially. This is not linear as the ad block and duration goes on. And especially if you do not have an ad that is interesting, they call it recreation, recreational in nature, but it needs to be engaging. So that's, I think, why we all find these ads that either tell a story or a joke or something like that. The progressive ads are funny. Um, the Geico ads are funny. I, you can tell I'm bringing this up out of my head in what I remember. Those The Budweiser ads during the Super Bowl, they've kept funny. So these types of ads are fun and engaging and feel more part of a show and viewers will generally stick to them more versus drug ads or something that's going to go into great detail about functions and features, which they talk about later in the study, your viewership is going to fall dramatically. So it is hard to really tell without having some sort of direct marketing feedback in this TV ad, and even in today's day and age, if it is having effect and if it is even having an effect on your brand. But the fall off is very, very evident and prevalent. The second study is actually called The Effect of Content on Zapping in TV Advertising. And they, in this study, which was done in 2000, it was published in 2022 in the Journal of Marketing. And this other study, I think also was a, was a very recent study. It was published in 2022 as well. So this is really fresh data that we're getting in the modern air quotes, if you're not watching this, day of TV viewing and advertising. So the second study, the effect of content on zapping in TV advertising, they say that the results of their first study did several studies show that ad creativity is associated with less zapping, whereas a strong information focus and a pro and a prominent or early integration of branding elements are associated with more zapping. So I'm sure you've heard these ads that they're saying their name as soon as in the first five seconds, and then they keep dropping the brand, the brand, the brand, the brand. That is going to increase zapping. And it builds on the other study in that they are talking about functions and features and 
going into quote unquote detail. So if you're going to build an ad, you probably don't want to do that. You probably want to go right into some sort of act or some sort of explanation of the problem you solve for people to actually hook them to stop scrolling. Because basically what you are doing in TV advertising in today's world is, is equivalent to scrolling. It's just that they zap. So you want them not to zap and stop and listen to your ad. Further in this, the effect of content on zapping and TV advertising, they said that their findings also reveal that the effects differ significantly for products with a utilitarian versus hedonic consumption purpose and for search versus experience goods. The results of the second study show that irritation determined by feeling, example, being annoyed or offended or overwhelmed relative to enjoyment acts as the central mechanism in explaining why ad content affects zapping. So basically, if you're going to do TV advertising in today's world, you're going to need to have a fun, engaging ad to keep people watching it and from zapping it. So as it turns out, I think that the TV advertising is getting also becoming more scrutinized because you can't measure as easily as you can with online ads. Whether those online ads are video ads on YouTube, it's very, or on any video platform, but generally YouTube in today's day and age, you can tell if someone engages. In fact, on YouTube, they don't even count it as an impression unless someone stays for 60 seconds. Whereas TV, we can't even measure that in many ways. So for bang for your buck, you really need to start looking at that. And I think the same thing goes for a static ad, if you will, in a scroll environment. You can tell if someone sees that because they can measure almost every single statistic of what a user is doing by the movements that they do across that screen. So with TV advertising, you're you're not flying blind completely, but you do need to structure your ad that it doesn't scream branding all the time. It doesn't go into deep details, which comes into question, do, do drug ads actually even work and are people even watching them? I don't know about you, but as soon as I see that thing, I zap it. Even, even quite candidly, if it even remotely would be help me or help somebody I know, I, I zap it. It's boring. It's like they're reading a legal disclosure. That's probably not going to happen. But maybe these drug companies are just inundating TV ads and going for the shotgun approach because they can't do other types of advertising or they don't find it as effective. I don't know all the laws around that. But the commercials that are fun, they certainly get engaged and and you will talk about them. They'll even get shared online, which is sort of this second dimension to advertising on TV. If you can come up with a really fun, cool ad, then people and drop that on YouTube or Instagram or any of the platforms, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever out there, and you can get people to share it, then that's the second dimension that you're going for. So I think if you're going to do TV advertising in today's day and age, you need to up your game. And that game needs to be severely updated. I'm not saying that you need some production value ad that costs $50 million. I think you can do it with your iPhone. You're just going to have to be creative and innovative to to do that before you spend the money. TV advertising, as it relates to 
online advertising, at least from when I looked into it, seems to be extremely expensive compared to what you can get online and, as importantly, measure. Having said that, you may want to augment your branding activity and your marketing campaigns with some TV ads locally, which you can do and target locally with the cable providers. And just, I don't want to say write it off, but understand that you're you're going to do that in the hopes that it can enhance what you're doing online. But I, I really think that you you can think of that as a retargeting strategy almost. I think the the disadvantage in my mind is is that you actually can't really retarget with the people that see your ad on TV. So with all the tracking that you can do online, it's almost as if you're sort of shooting in the dark. So these two studies, again, one was in Marketing Science Journal called How Viewer Tuning Presence and Attention Respond to Ad Content and Predict Brand Lift Search was the first one we went over and the second one was in the journal of marketing called The Effect of Content on Zapping in TV Advertising. I'll put the links to both of these in the show notes if you're interested in reading them in depth and going through how they conducted their studies. I will tell you that both seemed very in-depth and good study design to come up with these results. The first one had over a 1,000 subjects and the second one had 2,500. So these are good sample sizes. It wasn't as if they came up and did three households and then published a study. These were peer-reviewed studies and I think are a good indication of what's happening in TV advertising these days. And that's it for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please support the show by hitting the subscribe button. And by doing that, you won't miss any future episodes. As importantly, thanks for listening. We'll catch each other in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.